see, I, I think I'm offering the insightful commentary and the humor. So what am I here for? The color? They've been the all day, but so it's fun. They have each other's bags, and today is finally done. In a world setting in a Georgia town. On a show about libraries and visual sound. In the stacks of libraries, where it always starts. The stacks so much more than either of them thought. It's Thursday for mayhem, it's Thursday for fun. In the stacks with Barry and the Goya, it's second to none. Hello. Hello. You have all this background noise going on. What's going on? Well, you know, T'Challa's here, so we're like partying and shit. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Well, it's your week, so go ahead and kick us off. All right. Well, welcome to another fantabulous episode of In the Stacks with Barry. LaToya. And T'Challa. Yay. So we're back. We did take an impromptu week off last week and now we're back. So tell me what's been going on with you, Barry. Although I mean, I know personally what's been going on with you, which is just drama, but what can you share with the audience as to what's going on with you? (laughs) Uh, Well, you know, we've had another uh, week of school. Um, This week, my kids and all my classes were working on narratives of slightly different types and lengths, depending on their grade level. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, so that was an interesting week. Um, some of their writings were very, very good. Some of them were very, very uh, illuminating in many ways. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's really strange. I, I think I mentioned on the show before, a few years ago, when I first started teaching, I would give like topics like, oh, what's the saddest thing that ever happened to you? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I would expect to get things like, you know, the day my cat, you know, Bucky was hit by a car, right? But instead, they were turning things like, you know, oh, the day that I saw my dad shoot my uncle in the face, right? And right. Like, Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, yeah. So I got several, several things this week that were uh, just, wow. Um, you know, I, I don't want to talk about anybody's personal stories necessarily on the show, but um you know, just horrible things perpetrated, perpetrated mainly by, uh, by moms. Wow. Um, which for some reason that always surprises me. I, I don't know if I just think that most moms are, you know, you just don't think of moms as being like, I don't know, physically abusive. Mm-hmm. I, I think of men doing that, you know? Right. But yeah, there's so many stories about moms just being horrible uh, that I got this week. And, uh, and what makes it kind of worse too is that in general, you know, like say for instance, the like the parents are divorced and stuff. The way the law works, or just how general, generally speaking, how judges rule, they're gonna you're, the kid is gonna end up with the mother, regardless of if the mom is really a suitable parent. Um, so it it it's interesting that you would say that it's a lot of mom stories and it's like yeah well a lot of moms have the kids even if say for instance the father wants the child but or, or like there was one of uh, you know this kid whose mom when he was three gave him meth and wow on cut the tip of his finger off um by accident and when he started crying uh got upset that you know that he, that he would alert the neighbors and so she cut the rest of his finger off Oh my God. Are and you then, serious? Yeah. And then took him to the emergency room when she realized what she had done and uh, tried to pr- convince everybody there that he had done it to himself, you know? Right. Cause yeah, I'm sure. Wow. Yeah. 
But I mean, there's just so many things. Wow. Well, I mean, the one that you shared with me certainly is on the lighter side, which I thought was just hilarious in terms of how it was written. And so their biggest thing was a breakup. Um, Yeah, yeah. And the way it was written was interesting. Again, sometimes I feel like some of these kids, English is not their first language, but um, it was very, very insightful and exciting uh, to, to listen to, obviously, since you're reading it to me. Um, yeah. So were there any other lighter ones, um, ones that you thought um, more traditionally would have been, oh, you know, when my grandfather passed away or something like that? Yeah, there were some that were like that. There was one that um, I told the kid, I said, you know, I, this is really good. I said, you know, when you wrote about this one part here, I said, it actually made me tear up. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was just, you could feel the emotion. It was about when his grandmother passed away. And, um, and I told him, I said, that's just fantastic. When you can make somebody else, you know, physically feel right what you're describing, that is very, very good. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, there were several like that. Um, there was somebody, you know, who lost their pet, and that one was kind of sweet. Um, so there's lots of good ones. The one I, I, I read to you uh, was mm-hmm. the funniest one, um, you know, but yeah, there's there's some solid ones. And then there were some that were, you know, like, eh, yeah, all right, <laughs> you know, but yeah. So uh, what's been going on with you this week, T'Challa? Um, wow. Wow. Uh... You gotta follow that up, huh? <laughs> not, not really much. Okay. <laughs> just keeping on, keeping on. Yeah. What about you? Uh, now, I don't think we've talked on the show since you had an addition to your family, Latoya. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No. It's not really an addition, to... though. It's a replacement. Yes. But in in a way, it's kind of an, adi- an addition. So... On Tuesday, I bought a new car. And so back in 2014, I had purchased two cars, basically two identical cars, just two different colors for myself and Kay. We'd gotten a 2015 Honda Fit uh, EX, I guess. Yeah. So needless to say, you know, the, the red vehicle was his because you know he loves red it's his favorite color and I don't there there are certainly things I do not like to share and a car being one of them so during the time that he was working with Uber and doing you know the rideshare business he drove his into the ground so the car has not been his vehicle hasn't been working for about two or so years and so it's just been you know sitting there in the garage like I think all of the tires are flat and it won't come on anymore. I mean, it needs to go to the shop. So during that time, I would allow him on occasion to borrow my vehicle, which again, I did not like because he doesn't take care of things the way that I do. So um, he Kenricked my car, uh, meaning he has, you know, he treated it like he was like it was his and Ever since that that point, I've been just, you know, like the whole car thing is a really touchy subject be- between the two of us, or I guess mostly me. Like he knows that if he wants me to go from zero to 60, just bring up the car situation. So right. over those years, I continue to pay the, the car payments on both um, and the insurance, all that stuff. So, you know, for two or so years, I was paying a car payment for a just a, a brick, 
just sitting there basically right anyway finished paying off the cars this past august and you know when i bought this last car the intention was that i was going to keep it for at least a decade so um since 2007 i've only had honda fits um they released them in or they were introduced to the u.s market in 2007 and i have been so in love with it that every car i've owned since then has been a fit so i had the 07 i think i had the 2012 and then i had the 2015 well last year was the last year that Honda was going to make the fits and things that I've read had said like oh it's because of the economy and you know I'm like but does it doesn't make any sense because that type of vehicle and it's in the Honda lineup there was nothing else in its in its lineup that was comparable so anyway so 2020 was the last year um I went out with uh Gwen on Monday and I don't know why or how we started talking about um, another car because she got a new car in I think it was June July of last year also a Honda um, and I told her that you know oh well you know it would have been nice to get a 2020 since it was the last year you know I had the first year and I would like to have the last year um, by Tuesday morning I had um reached out to the person who to the dealership that um, sold her her vehicle. And by Tuesday evening, I had a new car. So um, it is visually, it looks almost identical to the one I had before because it's the very same color. And the body style of the fits didn't really change much between 2015 and 2020. Right. And um, I ultimately decided to give my, my previous vehicle uh, to my mom she has been driving the same vehicle for like 16 years it's a ford explorer which all of us like hate um but you know i was like this is my opportunity to do something really good for you know my mom to kind of show her how much you know i appreciate her and stuff and and so yeah um she's getting the vehicle or she got the vehicle tuesday night and and yeah i now have my 2020 uh honda fit um, I bought all these extra accessories like the moonroof visor, which I was used to in all my other vehicles, because whenever dealerships do like an accessories package, it's not a standard package, they can put whatever accessories they want. So in my particular case, they, the visor wasn't one of the ones they chosen. So right. I, per, I got that taken care of, I ordered, you know, got that ordered. So it's all decked out in the same way that the 2015 was. Um, because when I gave my mom the vehicle, I gave her all of like the extras. So the cargo cover, the cargo organizer, um, that kind of thing. So, so yeah, I am very happy for having this one. I mean, I could have gone on with the 2015. With the 2020, the biggest difference is that it has a couple of additional safety features. So like when you're driving at night, it will automatically sense when it's supposed to turn on the, the brights and when to take it off. Mm -hmm. um and then it has that lane assist thing so if you drift too far over like on a line it'll um the it, it'll give you an, a notification on the dash and the steering wheel will toggle to kind of you know wake you up in a sense if if that's the case um this one has apple carplay which was not available um on that vehicle in 2015 so so yeah i mean outside of that like i said essentially the car is almost identical to its predecessor but i was just really glad to have it i've not named the car yet typically 
um, Beyonce or Lisa um, will name the cars and I have not asked her to name the car yet. So, um, so yeah, because I think my last, the gray one was, it was called Boots. That's what she named it. So um, yeah, I need a new name. <laughs> But yes, that is my newest addition to my family because, you know, I don't do pets or anything like that. Um, but I'm excited to have my own car that I am the only one driving because my husband will never drive my vehicle. He has to fix his. Um, and, you know, that's that. I remember when you uh, first gave him, you know, one of your fits and you gave him the one that said princess. Yes, yes, yes. That was my very first Honda. Yeah, so he was driving all around town with Princess on his car. Because, yeah, I'd given him that one because I then bought the 2012 um, so that, yeah, so that he could have a vehicle and I would have a different one. So, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to put a visor on this one. Um, I think, too, this one has, like, a radar or whatever up at the top. So, anyway, um, I do, I plan on getting the windows tinted. My uncle has a business that that's among the many things that he does. So, I'll um, probably get that hat working but I know, that's like what gang like uh, drug dealers do whatever no my my uncle is a graphic designer at heart and he does all that kind of stuff you know like t-shirts and uh car tinting so i mean the the tinting was the primary business and then he started doing like t-shirts and signs and those types of things mm. but but yes i'm excited about my my new vehicle well cool yeah, uh, you know, I forget what I was calling to tell you, but I, I, I remember you saying you're on your way to get a car, and I was thinking, well, this is exactly what you need is a new car payment. But yeah, well, you know. Big, you know, so. Well, I mean, I was still, so I, <laughs> this is not like me at all, but I still haven't balanced my checkbook in like six months. And so um, I, you know, but, but I do, because I have a, a, like a static budget, I knew, I know what's coming out and when it's supposed to come out kind of thing. Um, but I've also been like my worst oh, vice. Is, know, although for all you know, somebody's hacked your account. It has been. No, no, I, I do glance at it. I just don't, I haven't been reconciling you haven't, you haven't reconciled. it. Reconciled. No. Yeah. So I just, I don't know. Um, I, I don't know why I seem to have some sort of PTSD around doing it, but me buying the car was to force me to stop eating out so much. I know it sounds really stupid, but I'm like, if I know I have this like required bill, you know, cause the car payment is like, you know, debt, much like a mortgage or whatever. I'm like, I can't default on that. Then that well, will. Are they, are they still delivering your meals? Um, oh, the ones that I used to cook. Yeah. No, I stopped doing that and went back to just ordering on DoorDash like every day. Wow. Um, so I am, this is my way of forcing myself to stop it altogether. So um, Gwen is now my financial accountability partner and she is curtailing my, my spending. So, you know, oftentimes when we like, we'll go out and do stuff and like, we'll go to like Home Goods or Bath and Body Works or TJ Maxx or whatever. And right. so now since she's the only person I go out with, she's like, you know, she's uh, able to kind of, you know, tell me what to do and what not to do. So if I'm out and I want something, if she says no, then that's what the answer is. And I'm, I'm totally cool with that. <laughs> now, who was it you were with when you were buying the car? Gwen. Okay, that's not what I thought. Okay. 
Yeah, and I do remember what you called me about because I was in the dealership. I could not believe I was having that conversation with you in oh, the dealership. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, um, so so yes, I'm happy about my new car. So important stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dale came back this week. Do what? Riverdale came back this week. Okay. Five. Yeah, yeah. You'd sent me something, but it didn't come through in any way. And well, um, I, if you follow me uh, in that little app, you I made. do. I was going to look. So yeah, while I think you're, you can probably see it. But. Yeah, while you're talking about that, I'm actually going to go yeah. look. So, yeah, well, it's weird with Riverdale this season, though, because, you know, last year, because of COVID, mm-hmm. it ended the season early. And so they didn't actually finish the season. So the first three episodes of this season are actually the last three episodes from last season. Okay. So like the season premiere was really weird because it it was obviously a late season episode, you know, like we're closing in on the killer from last season, you know. Um, And of course, since it went on hiatus in that interim, they canceled Katie Keene. Right. Um, right. And so this episode, they obviously were still thinking Katie Keene was on the air and were still trying to kind of push it. Mm hmm. Like one of the characters from the that series guest stars on this one, and they mention Katie like several times, and, and so it, it's it's interesting. It makes me wonder. Uh, after three episodes, they're going to do a time jump. They're going to skip seven years. Um, they're going to skip all of the college stuff, and then three years after, and so like people like Veronica is married now. Okay. Oh, I see. I do see your your um, comment now. Okay. Yeah. And um, yeah, I, I love that. I love the her waving. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I wonder if you know they'll bring over any of the Katie characters, or at least bring back um, Josie, because Josie uh, from Josie and the Pussycats mm-hmm. left Riverdale and gone to join the uh, Katie Keene show. Um, so I wonder if she'll come back. You know. You know, we we I keep hearing all the clicking, like you're clicking on your um, computer. It is so annoying. It's annoying. It's like every episode I hear you going through your computer, clicking, clicking, clicking. Yes, I try to multitask. Yeah, no, don't do that. (laughs) So I'm like grading while, you know. Oh my gosh. See, that's, that's, that's horrible. Why is that horrible? Why are you grading while you're doing the show? Because I have to grade at some point. And I'm like, I'm already sitting here in front of the computer. Oh my gosh. And it's like, I can kill two birds with one stone. Yeah, but um, I am like, hearing it and the, our listeners are hearing the clicking. Especially like when you're talking, oh, it's just a shame not to be doing something productive. <laughs> Thanks <laughs> so much. Yeah. yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. Oh my gosh. Okay, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Personally, I can't just sit there and listen to something. I have something. I mean, I can like sit and watch a video, but I'm watching and listening. Right. But well, I mean, I don't mind that he's he's multitasking. I, it's just I that you can hear it. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, I can't make my keyboard not make sound. Oh my gosh. Yeah, and it's because of the, like whatever decibel it comes in at. It doesn't, you know, when the recording recording's done, you still hear the clicking. So. Well, I I turned. I'm not ready now. Okay. Maybe you should just turn it so that your touchpad, I'm assuming that's what it is, that you can just tap it instead of clicking on the button or something. Um, well, no, I imagine what you're hearing is me actually 
type typing on the keys because I have to type in the number and no oh. clicking of the mouse pad. Yes. <laughs> yes. When you click, but I wasn't using the mouse pad. I was using the arrow keys to go up and down. Either way, it is super annoying. Sorry. <laughs> right. right, anyway, well, go if ahead. I'm not gonna, if I'm not going to do that kind of thing, though, you gotta you gotta be very interesting, Latoya. I, I mean, I don't know how. I mean, no. <laughs> Although, you know, in, in my defense, you can't see or hear, obviously, you know, because uh, T'Challa's always playing video games while we're talking. Yeah, but T'Challa is kind enough to, you know, not have the volume up on those things. Yeah, and I'm kind enough to admit it when I do so. Yeah. I admitted it. Well, you admitted it, and now you can stop oh it. God. Well, it did annoy me. But anyway. Um, <laughs> So yeah, um, besides yeah. Riverdale, what else have you been watching this week or since we uh, last? I watched a movie the other day. I forget what it was called. It was like the the Vanished or something. Anyway, it was on um, Netflix, and mm -hmm. I don't know how the hell I watched it. Um, I opened up Netflix, and it was like one of the new things added that day. Okay. And I was like, oh, what the hell? I got two hours, right? So I clicked it, and um, so all right. <laughs> <laughs> this woman and their six-year-old daughter they okay. camping in like an rv right mm -hmm. well while the the dad is outside the rv getting stuff together for him and his daughter to go fishing um the six-year-old daughter goes missing okay. so um you know they of course you know everybody's a suspect and um the wife becomes convinced that the couple who are staying next door in their rv um, and who like having sex in places where people will catch them. Mm -hmm. She's convinced that they have their daughter. So they break into their RV while they're out and they find out that they're um, taking all these fertility pills and stuff and they're trying to have a kid. And she's like, they stole our daughter so that they would have a child. And, you know, the husband's like, I don't know. I think you're stretching. Anyway, through a long series of events, they end up accidentally killing the couple from next door. Um, how do you accidentally kill the couple from next door? What they were because the they wife was too much. Yeah, the wife was pointing a gun at them and, and trying to get him to answer questions, and the other husband tried to take the gun from her, and it and, went off. Yeah, and it went off, and then the you know anyway, all kinds of stuff happens. So they end up dead. So mm -hmm. you got the husband and wife; they're still looking for their daughter, and now they've killed two people. And um, anyway, they they accidentally kill somebody else. Right. Mm -hmm. And then they find out that the creepy guy who owns the RV park um, is a pedophile. Okay. These, um, you know, dirty movies with little kids in them. And they end up killing him and proving he's a pedophile. But there's no evidence that he took the little girl. And right. so finally, you know, the husband tells the wife, you know, it's like been like two weeks. He tells her, he says, look, you know, she's not coming back. We've got to move on. We can't keep playing these games. I can't keep playing these games. We've got to accept she's dead, right? And the mom's like, you know, but it's too, it's too soon and blah, 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 and all this kind of stuff, right? Okay. So they agree that they're going to go back home, and they leave. And uh, the police officer who's been investigating the whole thing sees he still has a picture of the husband, wife, and the little girl. Mm -hmm. And it's from one of their of the trips, and it shows them next to their RV. And in the background, you can see the Twin Towers. Okay. And the, the cop says, wait a minute. The little girl was six years old. 
in 2001. Hours fell, you know, right. Like 20 years ago, how is this possible? And so he ends up calling up um, the dad's brother. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That, you know, she drowned years and years ago, the little girl did. And that his brother and uh, sister-in-law have had this like weird psychotic thing ever since then where they believe that she's still alive and they go through the whole thing of losing her over and over again. And they've been on the run basically in their RV for like the last 10 years. Damn. Yeah. And so it oh, ends. Weird fast. Yeah. So at the, it ends with them basically, you know, falling back into believing the, the daughter is in the RV with them and they're headed towards another park, you know, to reenact the whole thing again. So, but what about the fact that they killed this couple and well, the... Yeah, so it turns out that that's not the first people they've killed. Oh, jeez. Um, they've been killing people for years, um, but it's all part of this mm-hmm. cycle. And, uh, you know, they basically say, they, they go through the, you know, all the stages of grief. Right. So they are in this perpetual state of yes. psychotic break. I mean, they right. just keep, okay. Well, it's kind of interesting. I mean, I'm I'm glad I didn't necessarily watch it. I, it's good you told me the plot rather than me watching it. But okay, yeah, it was. You know, I didn't regret having watched it, but at the same time, I was like, <laughs> you know, hmm, okay, yeah. We have a new president. Yes, I was gonna say. Yeah, since the last time we were on the air, we actually now officially have a new president, not just a president elect. Um, and I think we, well, we've spoken since then, you actually watched some of the inauguration, right? I'm not live, but I mean, I saw bits of it later. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I saw like, you know, um, Lady Gaga do the national anthem and, Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people thinking that the bird on her outfit was, you know, a mockingjay, um, (laughs) okay. Like from Hunger Games. Mm -hmm. Um, the, the young lady who did the poem and um, a lot of that stuff. Yeah, I, I saw a good bit of it later. Yeah, I just, I mean, you know, that, I ultimately didn't watch any of it. Um, I've, I certainly heard about it in coverage later and stuff, but I just, I, I ultimately decided that I wasn't going to. I, it was like I was telling a client of mine, because he watched it, I said, you know, once the inauguration happened, it felt like, you know, when you've hurdled yourself cro- across the finish line and you collapse. I'm like, I was just glad that we kind of reached that finish line and there's now an adult in the room and we can just move yeah. forward. So, yeah. so I'm like, days mm-hmm. a person in the White House has committed any kind of impeachable offense. Right. Exactly. Nice um yeah he's already you know doing executive orders to reverse a lot all of the stupid yeah a lot of the stupid stuff so it, it just it does it feels to me like you know order has been yeah. restored you know um it's nice to have a an adult in the white house um it's just nice so yeah, I'm, 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 you know, I'm all uh, actually just really glad that we are, we are where we are. Um, I watched an, uh, it was interesting. I watched a documentary, a, I think it was a CNN one or whatever called um, President in Waiting. Uh-huh. And it talked about, I, I think you would enjoy it, but it, it obviously is talking about the role of vice president and how it has evolved. And it wasn't until basically, what is it, Carter and was it Mondale? Yeah. That the vice president was seen as more than just 
you know, someone kind of there that they, their, their relationship, they even established how the working relationship is supposed to work. And um, I think they've, that document has been referenced for each presidency. Um, but it was really, really cool. Um, surprisingly, Trump was not on the documentary. Um, uh, Carter was, Mondale was, Dan Quayle was, so was Bush. Um, and of course, Obama and um, Biden. But it, I just thought it was really interesting to see how it, like I said, how it's evolved, how that role has evolved. And I mean, I'm glad to know that at this point, you know, the VP is basically at the same table as the president. Cause I mean, you know, it's like, you think about, it's like, how did they function before with that person being off in no man's land? Like literally they weren't even in the same building where, you know, when they worked, I'm like, isn't this person supposed to be, if something catastrophic happens, they can just step in. If they're not read into all of the things that are going on, you know, it just, so anyway, it was, it was really insightful. Um, well, you know, I mean, to me, that's, I mean, that was always my feeling about, you know, the assistant director at the library. Yeah, exactly. Um, but that wasn't the way other li sub libraries, you know, they didn't they they have just, the same thing. Yeah, it felt like they just, it was like a giveaway title in a sense, yeah. because it's like they weren't, they, that wasn't what they were doing. They were not the assistant director. They might have been, you know, over a certain department or something specific, but, you know, the AD is, is supposed to be the number two person. And yeah, just in case something were to happen to you or if you're out for any period of time, that I would be able to just step in and continue without there being any learning curve or you know that kind of stuff so anyway um i watched that recently i've been watching a lot of just different um what do you call it? different documentary stuff lately mm -hmm. you know i watched one on the cuban liberation i i don't know i didn't know really too much about cuba outside of you know castro and stuff and so it was a i think it's like an eight-part series on netflix uh, that basically starts from, you know, before, right around when Columbus discovered, quote unquote, discovered um, Cuba all the way through, I think it, they recorded the series in like 2017 or something. So it was right after, or right when um, Raul Castro was supposed to be like stepping down and all that kind of stuff. But um, I found it to be very, very interesting. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, I just, I'm just taking it wherever my mood takes me. So although I've been watching a lot of documentaries, I don't feel like I've been watching necessarily a lot of television, um, especially this week, because I've been out most of this week and did not actually get to work that much this week with as many errands and things I was doing that had to do with the car. So um, needless to say today in the office, that is what I'm going to be doing is playing a little bit of catch up before I, I get even more in the weeds. So, so um, the things you just said reminded me of uh, two things. Mm -hmm. First, uh, I was I watched one very good documentary on Netflix. It's one of their top 10 um, items right now. It was called um, the, was it the Night Strangler? I forget what it is. Anyway, it's about uh, Richard Ramirez. Oh, wow. That man was freaky. Yeah, it, it's a four-part. He was a serial killer. In uh, the, like, 90s. Yeah. 
And um, he 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 was he believed in Satan, and he would carve satanic symbols, you know, on the walls and stuff. But he, I, I didn't realize I knew about all the murders and the rapes. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that he had molested as many children as he did. Um, huh. At the same time, he was you know killing adults. He was also raping little children, but he would usually live them alive. Um, and that and see that's just disturbing too. Yeah, so at first people thought they were not connected mm-hmm. because you don't generally have somebody who breaks into people's homes and, you know, horribly kills them. Right. And at the same time as breaking into other people's homes, kidnapping their kids, raping them, and then then returning them. Um, so there's lots of weird stuff, but it's four episodes. Um, it's, You'll have to watch it. Yeah, it's really realize. good. And of course, in the last one, they talk about when he was on trial, all the women who you know had the hots for him oh yeah that, which is the, I, well i mean it's just <laughs> human nature is kind of crazy but yeah i mean because yeah. he wasn't necessarily a bad looking person but it's like how do you get past his 14 victims or whatever you know it's just yeah no well and even you know when he stood up to face the court at the end of the trial and he was like you know none of you can judge me none of you can understand me you know, I'm picked by, you know, Satan to do these things and blah, blah, blah. Um, so it was, it's well worth watching. Uh, the other yeah, thing I'll, I'll watch it. is when you're talking about uh, Trump, um, you heard about Trump's red button on his desk, right? Uh, it's ringing a bell, but remind All me. Right. So they confirmed it this week because Biden had it removed. Mm-hmm. But there are rumors of it earlier because there was this guy who did an interview with him about a year and a half ago. And he noticed on the presidential desk was this, it basically was a little um, button that somebody had kind of crudely attached to the desk and it had mm-hmm. a buzzer attached to it. It was a red button. And so the guy said the whole time he was talking to Trump, he kept wondering what the red button was, you know? And so finally, before he left, he asked the president at the time, he said, you know, what's the red button do? And he said, Trump kind of smiled and he says, watch this. And he pushes the red button and a minute later, the door opens and somebody comes in with, with a silver tray and on it is a Diet Coke. <laughs> and he brought it to Trump. You're yeah. kidding me. No. So Bi- the Biden's people did confirm this week that they had removed a red button that was a Diet, diet Pepsi button. Whenever Trump <laughs> would want one, he would push the button and somebody would bring it in on a silver tray. <laughs> I can't even. I just that. Oh yeah, that's that's like something he would do. Yeah, and to me, the silver tray is what puts it over the top. Well, yes, of course. I just, uh, I'm just looking for. I'm so glad that that is that part of, um, or at least for the hopefully the next four years, this that is just not even an in the equation any kind of craziness like that because i oh my gosh so i mean obviously with him out of office right now um they're still going through the impeachment well i mean he is the only president who's been impeached twice but as far as i believe the senate side of it aren't they going to be ultimately deciding whether or not he is going to be ineligible from running from any public office again yes um and i don't know if they'll get enough people to vote for it you know, but um, there are some Republicans who said that they they are leaning towards voting for impeachment. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, if he if he well, 
All right, he'll be impeached in the House, and then in the Senate, they're voting for whether or not to convict him. Right. So if they do convict him, then yeah, he would never serve for public office again, um, which I personally would be relieved by. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I honestly, I think some other Republicans would be relieved by as well. I think so too, yeah. I think they're just afraid to right. publicly take a stand against him. You know, I think they're hoping that enough other Republicans vote you know, to do, make it happen. Because it's been interesting how Mitch McConnell has somewhat, you know, well, I mean, he flips whatever all the time, but, you know, that he is not against the idea of the impeachment as far as, you know, him maybe not running for public office again or anything like that. Um, oh. It's just a matter of seeing how, yeah, at the end of the day, how brave these individuals are as far as how they cast their vote. Um, I didn't realize that until... Um, she left, you know, in that last week when everybody was resigning, that Mitch McConnell's wife had a job in the White House working for Trump. Really? Yes. She resigned during that same week that, like, several other people resigned, you know, right before Trump left the White House. Right. See, that kind of stuff. Yeah. That's... That's that's Yeah, that makes me really better understand why Mitch McConnell was not, you know calling trump out more frequently because you know it yeah. just he would just kind of pacify him and that is interesting yeah, yeah i don't know how i feel about a spouse work yeah uh-uh, uh-uh. that goes all the way back to me though when the supreme court decided who won between gore and w mm-hmm. and come to find out that the person in charge of w's transition team was the wife of clarence thomas yeah court decide right. it's very much a conflict of, conflict of interest yeah situations where that might cause them to have bias yeah if, if, Isn't if that true for any judge yes judge, court member or anyone in any part of the law system yeah. including the jury yeah I mean, you should abstain oh. from taking part in that you know I thought it was mandatory to abstain honestly well yeah, that that is a bit disturbing. Yeah. Huh. But I will say, you know, I know people used to in our recent history how many people made fun of um, George, um, President Bush, and you know, I'm like, I voted of course for him twice, and you know, I'm like, after having Trump as president, I was yeah, like, so much better. I mean, but I mean, the thing is, is that everyone made him out to be kind of stupid. And he's not actually, he actually speaks fairly eloquently and stuff when he's not, you know, under stress, I think. Um, He, he, I'm, I'm not at all embarrassed that he was our president. But with Trump, yeah. I mean, in my mind, the presidency went from number 44 to 46, like 45 just didn't happen. That was just a lost weekend kind of thing. Um. Because, yeah, I mean, I just, no. <laughs> I agree that W has, um, has it definitely is, you know, I, you know, everything he's done since he left office, mm-hmm. uh, I've had no problem with. Um, <laughs> he's much more reasonable. He's, you know, he says things that I agree with. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I don't know if it's just age having mellowed him or, you know, a lot of people, including me, Kind of thought he wasn't really running things when he was in the White House, that it was Karl Rove and, um, 
you know, was it Dick Cheney? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it did feel like he wasn't, yeah, that he was not the puppet master, that he had surrounded himself by people who he would maybe defer to more often than not. Right. Yeah, I, I did get a sense of that, that he made sure that since he was not the smartest person in the room, he surrounded himself with people who were. <laughs> um, I think a lot of those people he surrounded himself with were bad people. Yeah, yeah. You know, but yeah, I, I would agree with you. I mean, in retrospect, I would take W anytime over, <laughs> over Trump, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I do think the person I always feel sorry for in the Bush family is Jeb. Yes, yeah. Jeb was the one, even back when his daddy was president, everybody knew Jeb someday was going to run for president. Mm -hmm. And then it was like, you know, W ran. And I remember everybody going, wait, this is the wrong Bush. <laughs> the wrong he, brother. He got, yeah, he got elected, right? And then I remember when Jeb ran in 2016. And mm -hmm. I, I think a lot of people, including me, kind of thought it was a foregone conclusion that Jeb was going to get the Republican. Not yeah, I, I thought he would too. And yeah, yeah, you're completely right. And I think but he I mean, was hurt by the fact. He did kind of bail the second Trump showed up. Well, he, he, did, he, he did pull off a little. Yeah, I think he, he got a pretty bad ass kicking as soon as Trump started gaining steam. And, you know, but I think that what, what killed Jeb was the fact that his brother had served two terms and it wasn't that long ago and people were tired and, and it hurt Hillary too. Mm -hmm. people, I don't want any more damn Clintons. I don't want right. any Trumps, you know, not Trumps, any Bushes. Mm -hmm. you know? And I think that really hurt him. And now, of course, he's never going to be president now. Right, right. Which is unfortunate because, uh, yeah, I mean, he was the brother that most people thought would be the next, would be a president, not George W. So, yeah. and what's interesting, I saw also, let's see, was it another documentary? Because, like I said, I've been watching a lot of documentaries. I've been trying to stay away from those that are very Trump specific, but I did watch a series that was on again, I, I think it was maybe CNN. It was um, a five or six part series called Empires of New York. Um, and one of the, well, one of the people they talked about, because they, they focused in on John Gotti, um, Rudy Giuliani, um, Leona Helmsley, Trump, and I think there was one, oh, and um, Bow, what is it, Bowski, he was a, a wall street person back in the 80s but you know everything i've seen with trump in it because i mean arguably these people molded new york in the 80s the early to late 80s and i'm like the things that he would say back then are the same things he was saying now um he was it was very obvious to me that he wasn't very intelligent then um they talked about how in that period of time where where he was doing all this building and he was getting all this positive press that there were banks that would just give him money just because of his name like he built up enough of a reputation in the in the media that they were giving him money despite the fact that he, none of his ventures turned a profit yeah so they went into that a bit more, you know, Trump Plaza and um, Taj Mahal and all of that, you know, his the casino endeavors and how when he opened, I think it was the Taj Mahal, in order to, to, to make any kind of profit, they would have to make a million dollars a day, <laughs> which 
you know, has, does not happen in casinos. They don't consistently make a million dollars a day. And so um, rather than fully embarrass the situation, like, you know, he had to, he essentially had to file for a sort of bankruptcy, even though he just, you know, he, he calls it, you know, they were just kind of doing a redistribution or blah, blah, blah. But I mean, there was so much of the stuff that he did that was just kept out of the press or just downplayed. And, you know, back then they'd even asked if he was going to run for president. And so, I mean, it was cool seeing the old footage of, of all of that stuff. But it just, yeah. I mean, my heart just hurt because <laughs> it was just like, you know, like he, there was never any point where he felt like he was presidential. So nope. why, how in the hell did this happen? And then, you know, then being reminded too that of course it was, you know, um, Reagan who used the slogan or a similar slogan about making America great. Um, and it just, that even bothered me more. Cause I mean, I, obviously I was born in 1980. So, I mean, that was when Reagan came into power. Um, so, you know, I was, you know, at what, four, whatever. Um, but just thinking back on the period in the eighties you know, I didn't have necessarily an issue with with Reagan. Again, I was only a child, but you know, I think that that would have been the let's see, the most or like I mean, we all know that he was uh, an entertainer, he was an actor, all that kind of stuff. So I'm like that kind of caliber of president, as far as having previously been um, in Hollywood and all that. I think for me, that's where I draw the line. Like, okay, sure, but Trump is a whole different breed. And the fact that so many people voted for him and some people who, you know, you would think ha would have some sort of intelligence voted for him. I, I, I hate the idea now that basically um, Biden's just gonna have to do a lot of cleanup, you yeah. know? And, you know, well, like, go ahead. I remember a lot of people comparing, you know, Trump being a, a TV personality to, Reagan, but but Reagan was a um, was a governor before he became. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he was. Trump had no political experience, and I I never understood why anybody would want a president who had never done anything in politics. Well, yeah, and then people buying into oh well, he's he was a billionaire and he's had all these you know buildings and blah blah blah, and it's like yeah, but it doesn't take it takes you two more seconds to see that none of these things were successful. Why do you think? he would somehow be better as president when he can't even effectively run his own business. I just, you know, so yeah, it just felt like we gave the keys to the car to a toddler and we have, you know, suffered for it. But again, th that yeah. is done. We, we keep going back to Trump, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I am, I'm concerned obviously because realistically given um Biden's age I don't see him doing another four um four years after this term do you I mean they talk like oh yeah he could be an eight you know eight-year yeah. president but I, I think it's all I think it's always been the plan he'll serve one term now there's those conspiracy nuts who think that he only plans to serve two years and then he's going to turn it over to Kamala because it's all part of a democratic plan to get Kamala as president because she's more progressive but how the hell do you just hand it, short of you dying as president, how do you just hand it over to you your vice him, president? You have him step down for medical reasons. Oh, jeez. Yeah, but, no. Um, mm -mm. no I, I, think he's, I think his plan is to serve one term. 
get things as straightened out as possible and then you know to have another election um and i mean i think kamala will try and run mm-hmm. um and we'll have uh, there's no guarantee that she'll win because i mean i think no. at the end of the day you know there was something magical about obama um yeah. but you know sure i'm proud that there's there's a person of color who's the vice president it's a female she's you know or she has a caribbean background as well and all that that's great but it's still a hard sell for america to to go the non-white route (laughs) so um i mean i guess we'll see because i mean obviously most of her stuff was out in california so we won't really know um what she's gonna do as vice president um just based on the fact that we don't know how much um control uh biden will ultimately give her to do you know things that are important to her kind of thing so um but yeah i mean i don't mind i don't think that i'm just looking forward to just not having the white house being every single news cycle although i have seen right now i mean since it is obviously very early anytime they talk about stuff that biden has done then you always they always go into well you know trump did xyz blah 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 blah. so you know i think there's always going to be that contrasting against trump but i just don't i'm just over having every new cycle involve something with the white i love you know he 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 did executive order stopping construction on the wall yes (laughs) order stopping um you know drilling in Mm -hmm you know, Alaska. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so Fox News that night ran a uh, thing talking about all the jobs that Biden had killed in his first week in office, you know? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. That's just that. Oh my God. Anyway, that's just ridiculous. So yeah, he had apparently Biden, let's see, but on CNN, it talks about he has taken 30 executive actions in three days. Mm. So that, I mean, that says uh, a lot. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I was very glad to hear that he was, um, he is certainly a lot more um <sighs> willing to accept that corona is the covid you know coronavirus is not just some thing um it's showing here that like of the 30 there's only actually a handful that are actually right um out and out um reversals right um there there's several of them most of them have to do with the economy and the coronavirus um obviously the biggest thing as far as the executive order that is a reversal is that you know as far as being a part of the WHO, not pulling out of the WHO, and reinstating essentially Dr. Fauci into, yeah, yeah I mean, because, yeah, it just, the fact that Trump just kind of ignored him, and uh, anyway, because when Dr. Fauci would come on the TV and stuff, I like, I listened to him, you know, and I'm like, okay, he seems like he's intelligent. Um, I'm willing to accept what he's saying and, you know, follow the guidelines. And it just, you know, it's like he would say one thing, you know, one minute and literally the next minute Trump would say, you know, the opposite. And for, you know, people to accept the words of the president who is not the medical expert, it just, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, of course, 
Fauci this week was saying, you know, it's so nice to be able to talk about science again. Yes, yeah, I did hear that soundbite. And of course, we did rejoin the pli- the Paris Climate Accord, thank God. Yeah. Um, like you mentioned, the, he canceled the Keystone Pipeline. Um, then he rescinded the 1776 Commission. Yeah. Which, oh. I mean, you know, anyway, yeah. Why, why, why did you <laughs> make that noise? Well, the 1776 Commission is just a, a white supremacist dream. It, it's yeah. designed mm-hmm. to, to whitewash history and to make you know, it sound as positive as He called it patriotic education. And look, you know, it's like when I was, I think it was last week, um, my kids and I were looking at the uh, Declaration of Independence. Mm-hmm. I look at it from a, a rhetorical standpoint, you know, as an example of various uh, rhetoric appeals and things. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, it, it always comes up, you know, we always talk a little about, well, when Thomas Jefferson says all men are created equal, does he really mean all men? No. And of course, it's like, well, no. You know, right. Like men, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we kind of touch on that. And I always say the same thing. I said, you know, when we talk about the things that America has done wrong, you know, I'm, I don't want anybody to think I'm saying America is awful. I said, I think America is probably the greatest nation on earth. I think that we have aspired to wonderful things. Right. But it doesn't preclude us of, of for having opinion, had plenty, having done plenty of awful things. And that describes my opinion on this country. What okay. was that? I, I was talking over you. Sorry. My opinion on America is described in one word, Icarus. <laughs> okay. You think it's flown too high and now we are going to crash? Yeah. Okay. Well, I would like to believe that that is what happened under Trump and that we're, we're, you know, getting back up off the ground and, you know, going again. But I mean, again, you've got to think about the fact that our civilization is still so young compared to, you know, others. And it's where that, that there is only so far a system such as ours can take us, really. And we're getting pretty damn close to hitting that one. So it's interesting. You're saying there's only so far we can go, and Latoya's at the same saying time saying not, we're so young. Not with, not without changes. I mean, America as it is mm-hmm. will not be able to keep prospering because we've about hit the point where there needs to be change. Otherwise, yes, we will fall. So are you saying the problem it comes from our system of government, though? Yes. The fact that we're a republic. Yes. Hmm. I don't know. I mean, I could see his points. The way our government works right now. Yeah. And, you know, I I hope you're not correct. (laughs) I hope I'm not, too. But I I see, I kind of see where you're coming from in that Mm -hmm. government by the people only works so long as the people are not stupid. (laughs) That is a a big if. Yeah. And I think increasingly we are stupid. Mm Mm-hmm. I think that is going to obviously have problems for government when you have half the people in the country who don't believe all the obvious lies that Donald Trump was telling us, you know, or, or who believe these obvious lies. To be honest, it's not just him. It's every goddamn politician. Well, I don't, I don't, I would disagree some with are, that. Some are worse than better. Some are worse than others. And some are almost good. 
but they're all corrupted bastards. Ah, uh, yeah, see, I don't agree with that. Yeah, I, I don't agree with that being a blanket statement. No. Yeah, like uh, like Barack Obama, uh, he did not do everything I wanted him to do. Mm-hmm. I don't. I do not believe he is a corrupt person. I believe that he, and in the, even in his autobiography, he talked about this. There are times when he has had to make concessions mm-hmm. to to the parties that help you get into the White House. Right. But I think that's different from being corrupt. I think all of us sometimes, you know, have to make those Faustian bargains. Um, but I think I, I don't. I wouldn't call him corrupt, and I, I wouldn't even call. Um, I definitely wouldn't call Biden corrupt. Mm-mm. I don't, you know, I, I I loved Clinton. I know you did. I, I can't defend Clinton as well. All right, because right, right, right. there's some there's some shady business there. I'll admit. Um, Not just the Monica Lewinsky stuff. But. No, oh God, yeah, that to me was like nothing. Yeah, I, I remember you were like, oh, yeah, no, this is this, yeah. this shouldn't really matter. It's about the other stuff that's important. And right. even the ones that go in mm-hmm. line, they come out, and I'm just saying, the type of power that you get in this political system holding an office, office it becomes more about rather than then for the good of the people, for the good of maintaining, it becomes for the good of maintaining your office. Mm-hmm. If you know what I'm saying, yeah. after a while. I do, you and know. That, that's the problem with democracy. In my opinion, it's still the best system we have, but All right. democracy is just a while to go. But, but then you look at somebody system. like Jimmy Carter. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think the man's practice, you might as well make him a saint. He's like 90-something years old. He's still building houses for poor people. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's out there with a hammer and, you know, a, I don't know. Um, but then you could argue that, you know, maybe that's why he only served one term because he wasn't very good at, you know, mm-hmm. politics. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I hope you're so young to be so cynical. Um, <laughs> but I mean, hey, he's a he's a product of the world as it is, so I guess that's it. true. Yeah, I, I just I hate to be you know nearly fifty years old and you know arguing for idealism. <laughs> I know. Well, yeah, it's like because for we have the benefit, I think, given the ages that we are, that we got a little bit of that Pollyanna type of okay, this is you know the kumbaya, everyone you know giving each other a coke or whatever. But yeah. he was born into you know or is now of coming of age during a time where america went batshit crazy <laughs> so yeah. so i can understand why he would be uh, more cynical now <laughs> i'm not saying it's always right. gonna be this way i'm saying right now shit's hitting the fan yeah and our political system is not not functioning as it should be mm. and I believe that something will be done. I don't know what it is, but well, I mean, I still, I'm still really in a way. This country is run by the rich. No, oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, but that—that's the case oh, yeah. anywhere, everywhere, kind of thing. <laughs> I, do, I do think that that's the biggest problem facing America and our ability to sustain our our democracy. Because really, the only people that can get into office are the rich. 
yeah, it's very, 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 very difficult otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, the, the, the fact that not that long ago, you could have a family of four and one person working and they could support the family. And that is impossible now. Yeah, that it's is very true. It's possible for a family of two with no kids yep. to have one person work. Um, it's just the, the, the desecration of the middle class is um, terrible. I, I do think when we, when we finally get around to another revolution mm-hmm. or war. Which will happen. There's no doubt about it in my mind. I don't think it's going to be based on race. I really don't. No, nope. really? It, okay. People yeah. might make it sound that way, but it's not. It's going to be based on class. It's going to be okay. class warfare, yeah. usurping the rich. Yes, it's the fact that one percent of the population has ninety-nine percent of the money, and eventually everybody else is going to realize we have to take that money. They're never going to give it to us, right? And that, and once the ninety-nine percent rise up, and it's going to be like the French Revolution again, and they're going to get killed. And in my opinion, with that philosophy, that's where the problem starts up again. Yes. Oh, yeah. That's it's, yes. It's just gonna repeat. not the fact that they have money. It's the fact that there is money. Yeah. Money is an outdated system, which only leads to corruption and the death of society. Well, and the problem here in the United States is that our sense of self is so wrapped up in capitalism. Yes, it is. And anytime you say anything about socialist ideas, you know, a lot of people, you know, they just lose their shit. Well, and see, I still, I'm naive enough to believe that both can coexist. But, you know, I, you know, Barry, that I tend to, to lean a bit socialist in some things, but I still think that both socialism and capitalism can happen, you know, can, can work together. I think there is a right way to do capitalism. Yeah. But that right way, we are not there yet. And we will (laughs) not be there yet by the time that shit goes down well it's funny because it's like you you kind of start digging through the box of things that are quote-unquote wrong with the u.s and you realize that you know even though you're pulling out one thing all these other pieces are attached to it you know and so yeah you unearth one thing and all this stuff spreads and you've got to you know it just it's like (laughs) whack-a-mole but i mean i agree with barry i'm still i still much prefer being an american um than living in any any other country like there's a part of me that is kind of curious about living in dubai but (laughs) it's what's going on in the country Mm -hmm. yeah for me uh, you know you know i always kind of yeah i've always been curious about living in the united kingdom Mm -hmm. yeah that's like my dream place to go to in in my opinion it the government of the uk is much better than ours really wow although although they have you know a a trump style leader at the moment problems but i'm just saying yeah right now in my opinion there's functions better yeah however typically parliamentary democracies tend to expire faster than well than presidential ones in in the the term of the political system rotting as ours is now what I do, what I do love about the UK is that it is a capitalist society that has strong socialist elements. Yes, absolutely. And, yeah, and, and the same way in Canada. Canada's the same way. Trying to establish a UBI as a 
it's about the most socialist thing you can yeah. do without calling it socialism. And I, you know, I'm still so disappointed that uh, that the UK pulled out of yeah. the European Union. Because um, some people, some people, well, you know, lose their mind. Of, you, oh, the European Union is a new world order, and I'm like, yeah, it sounds well, great to me. Well, <laughs> what we should do the EU, in my opinion, is a great, wonderful thing, but they did it too often. In my opinion, the EU is bound to fail because it was created to fail. It's all one big experiment to allow the way for a better union that will unify the world. I'm, the I'm afraid. I, and when the EU collapses, someone will go and make a better one based off of half and half of the EU, and they will do it without the mistakes the EU made. See, I'd, I'd love to think that's true, but I think when the EU collapses, that all those countries are going to go back to being independent, and mm-hmm. that's when we're about to have a you know the next world war. Um, and I think I the only thing that I, will I, cause the world war, but I believe. At some point, humanity will survive, and we will realize our mistakes and fix them. You're an odd mix of cynicism and, and idealism, yeah. Um, because, <laughs> because you know, while I'm arguing for idealism, I also think the next world war is probably going to decimate humanity. Yes. I think that, you know, unlike in the 60s and stuff where there were a lot of things as to why we did not ultimately launch into another uh, nuclear war, I think that right now it's a very, very thin line before Mm -hmm. somebody goes batshit crazy and launches a nuke. I mean, yeah. and that's that that that's what bothers me the most is that that's even in play. I know that there's um there's a I think I don't know if it's a bill or something like that where they're basically asking all the all the countries of the world to sign to say that they're not going to create or keep nuclear weapons. But that was the one thing in Pandora's box that I wish never came out. That yeah. you I wish we could dial back because. You know, when you do something like that, a nuclear bomb is just, I mean, that's end game, period. Because it's yeah. like we live in this one shared world. When you go and decimate somebody else, there's all not just the human impact, there's environmental impact for doing stuff like that. You know, and given, oh, yeah. I just, I mean, that's, that is what worries me is, and that is something that worried me while Trump was in office, you know, early on where it's like, holy crap, this guy has the codes and given how unstable he is, you know, anything can happen. But I mean, I feel like I would like to believe we're evolved enough to not do or not engage in nuclear war- warfare, but that is a constant worry in, you know, for anyone who lives in this age. That there are countries, because um, the the um, the documentary I was watching, Barry, like you should watch it. It's called the um, the Cuba Libre story. Um, they talked about the fact that the Russian, and I mean, I didn't even know this. The Russians had got, brought nuclear weapons to Cuba. They were there. Oh yeah. <laughs> and the U.S. It took the U.S. forever to even realize that it happened. So they managed to smuggle all that crap too the um to cuba get it set up and i mean it just it baffles my mind but i'm like something like that that's one of those things that i wish that as a a world people would agree to not be involved in as nuclear warfare yeah i mean where else are we gonna go (laughs) you destroy this world there's nowhere else to go one one last thing in my opinion 
at this point at least, there's not really much we can do about how the world going batshit crazy as a whole. So, in my opinion, you're more likely to die right, from a, from a stress-related medical condition. <laughs> yes, you're completely than right. you are from getting new. <laughs> so, in my opinion, in this conversation. So, what's next? <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask you. You were supposed to come up with a topic for us. Oh, yeah. What's the dumbest thing, thing you've ever seen someone else do? Ooh, dumbest thing I've ever seen someone else do. Yeah, Barry, you can't choose one of my actions as a the dumbest thing. So yes, you know. can. If it is, no, I, I think we should we should avoid doing you know either of us. Yeah, because that's there's some really personal stuff that I don't think we should put out there. <laughs> um, well, let me think. The yeah, that's an interesting one. Someone else. So, or does it need to be? Does it have to be something that I personally witnessed? Or it could it be something be I like something saw in a video or that something that you personally witnessed. Personally witnessed. Well, I mean, I I'm gonna say you could have heard it. You could have heard somebody say something. You could have seen somebody do something. Oh oh oh! I, I'm gonna say no, Barry. Yours is probably gonna be funny. So I'm gonna go with mine first because it's serious okay. and I think it ties into the whole conversation we've been having. But the dumbest thing I've ever seen the U.S. do is to elect Trump. So okay, yeah, if you knew somebody was gonna say that, that just yeah. That is, that is, yeah. I think, by far. He says that doesn't count. That doesn't no, count. it does count. I said no, it, it first. Really I said someone, not a nation. Yeah, and I think it has to be something you personally were there for. Okay, well then, I can still use that then. Um, oh. I'm sorry, mom and dad, I'm throwing Stop. you under the bus. But I, the dumbest thing I've ever seen anyone do is my parents vote for Trump. Fine. Okay. So mine was... Um, Back in, in our library days, okay, there was this one point where um, Lily was the director, and I was mm -hmm. the director, and she had talked about, you know, we were having some budget issues, and we were going to be chain cutting hours, and, you know, all this kind of stuff, mm -hmm. and, you know, it was a private meeting where we told the staff all about this, right? Right. So the next morning, uh, when I come into work, Lily's like losing her mind. Because on the front page of the recorder is all the information that was told at our private meeting. Right. So right. someone from the staff. Yeah, someone from <laughs> the staff. The information. Yeah, and uh, and she was so mad. She told me to run the meeting. She said she could, couldn't do it. She just couldn't do it. She was like, "Find out who did this." Blah blah blah. blah right. So so wait, you had a private meeting, and then just everything you had said there was just out in the open. Yeah. Somebody. Yeah. Had a staff member. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, so I, you know, I, I got everybody together. We opened late that day. Mm -hmm. And I, I said specifically, I said, now, whoever did this, you know, could get fired for this. So I'm not going to ask anybody to admit to it. And then one of our employees raised her hand and she said, I did it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I looked at her and I said, I said, you did it. And she says, yeah. And I just finished saying, I'm not going to ask you to admit it because you could lose your job, right? Mm -hmm. But she raised her hand. And I was like, so, and of course, everybody was looking at her. I said, so why did you do that? You know, and she said she thought it would help and blah, blah, blah. She thought maybe if the people knew what we were, you know, going through. But that to me was the dumbest thing because I just said we would have to fire you <laughs> if you said it was you. And so I said, so don't raise your hand. Up goes the hand. <laughs> I don't think we ultimately fired her, actually. 
um i think she left her after a while i think I she think... left not yeah. long after that yeah yeah i don't think i don't think lily actually fired her though no yeah yeah i remember that though Whew. but yeah i just God. remember because i was in the midst of repeating <laughs> it don't say you did it and then it was like i did it oh how about you t'challa <laughs> well while you're thinking about that i did want to to mention something uh so barry back in the day what was my favorite show that you used to make fun of me about like crazy favorite show like a show that i watched and you're like i can't believe you watched this thing and yeah it was back you know back when we around the time we were we had first started watch um doing this the show um, it starts with a T. What did you say? It starts with a T. T. It's toddlers and tiaras. Oh God! Yes. <laughs> okay. okay. All right. Okay. I know what I know. Oh, so hang on a second, uh, T'Challa. So yes, the there is. Um, it's not that it's coming back, but there's a new three-part special that's on Discovery Plus that basically gives um, everyone updates on their favorite over the top um, contestants. And right. I'm actually planning on watching it. <laughs> well, well, of course. Well, I mean, but this is a where are they now kind of thing. You know, these, these people, these kids are, you know, like, you know, 19 and older, you know, they're not, yeah. and it's not in the vein of, okay, here's the, you know, the pageants again or whatever, but I, I am actually interested in watching it. And I figured that you would, ha you know, find some humor in the fact that this was the one show that you forever gave me grief about. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, I'll tell you all about it. <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure. All right. So T'Challa, um, as we wrap up the show, tell us um, what is the dumbest thing you have ever what experienced or seen or okay. heard about this was actually fairly recent so at, oh, at break a bunch of my friends were at work were um playing football out in that big field behind my school uh-huh and so so uh, so I was just walking along with along with one of my friends, and and he gets hit in the side of the head by, by a football, <laughs> like smack dash, right. and he like collapsing. <laughs> and I'm like, oh shit! <laughs> and I make sure he's okay, and like they come running over, right? And he's he's fine. I, but and I was like, but um. They were like on the other side of the field. Right. So I was like, dang. Dang. You don't think you could have you could have hit and I said so and so who's like on the opposite side of the field, like way far away with that thing. Right. And y'all y'all are like sniping, damn. And so <laughs> and so I walk away. And so the guy I was talking about, who was on the other side of the field, right. runs up to me to see what had happened. And then the ball hits him right, right in, in the head. No, right in the balls. Oh, the ball. Okay. <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> and 
And I turn back and yell, I didn't mean it literally. <laughs> Both of them were fine, but still. Right. That's a pretty good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it reminds me of uh, one time me and my uh, best friend. This was when I was at John Millage Academy. Are you talking about Turtle? <laughs> no, yeah, so this was my friend Garrett. Okay, all right. Turtle was in the, when I went to Baldwin. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> Yeah, we were just walking. It was early in the morning. It was in the winter, and um, and I remember we were walking between buildings, and, and we looked over. And there was uh, somebody in the the parking lot, and uh, and they slipped and fell, right? Mm-hmm. And it was icy, and so we kind of stopped, you know, looked, and uh, and they were getting back up, and they got back up, and they slipped and fell again. And this thing landed on their butt, right? And uh, so I turned to him and I said, "Should we go out there and help them?" And uh, we looked back, <laughs> they getting over, they fell again. <laughs> and, and, uh, and he said, God, he says, that's starting to really hurt. I said, I know. I said, uh, I said well, maybe we should help him. And uh, so he fell again. Jeez. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> so awful. And then, of course, by then, people like running, were, were running out from the office. I guess other adults had seen them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're going out there to help him. But he must have fell like five times. <laughs> We're just standing there, you know, and we're kind of like, I don't know, you think we should? And uh, <laughs> we're the worst people ever. Yeah, uh, you, well, yeah, you are. <laughs> but, but it reminds me, I always think of that because whenever I tell my kids, because when I was in college to get my psychology degree, I did that one experiment that showed that the, the fewer people are there when an incident occurs, the faster you actually get help. Because people look to each other to see how to respond. And so in that case, we kept looking at each other, asking, should we help? And neither of us were doing anything. Mm-hmm. If we had been alone, maybe <laughs> one of us would have done something, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the more people around you, the less likely you are actually to receive help quickly. So. Mm. Yeah, but I mean, I would argue that that's not really the case when there's like, like when there's a bombing or something like that. Aren't people more willing to um, help when there's something uh, catastrophic like that? Well, you know, it's just, or is it just the the fact that it was something hilarious? Well, no, it, it, it studies show that individual people are less likely to help. Mm-hmm. Now, what happens in a group? And this is the difference. Mm-hmm. One person goes to help you. All of them will. A mm-hmm. bunch of people are going to immediately respond. Right, right. If everybody just stands around, most people are just going to stand around. That's not true of everyone. Sometimes somebody, you know, maybe because of their job, their training, just their personality, they're going to jump in and help you. Mm-hmm. And once they do, all of a sudden, everybody else is brave as hell, right? Mm-hmm. But there are differences in parts of the country, too. Um, if you were a white woman in the South, you were more likely to get help right. than anybody mm-hmm. else. Um, even if just little things, like if you're standing in a crowded elevator and you drop something and change falls out, um, that was one of the things, that was another research thing that I had cited. And what they found is that white women, immediately everybody helped them. Mm-hmm. Uh, the person who's least likely to get any help is a black man. Yes. I, I mean, I believe that yeah. hands down. Yes. Now, people might still help them, but they help them less quickly. Correct. 
you know, if a, if a white woman were to have some, immediately everybody's like, oh man, let me help you. You know, a black guy has it. Some people might say, uh, you need any help? <laughs> they don't all mean, and, and I mean, but I can get, I understand that. And not to say it's yeah. right, it's the, the right thing. But I think when you think about America and how America has been, the evolution of just in terms of society and that kind of thing, it makes yeah. sense. <laughs> oh, it does. There's, you know, and I, I, but it was, it was an interesting project. So, so okay, so we're going to wrap things up now. Before we do, I did want to make mention of uh, in memorandum, I guess. Um, yesterday, um, baseball great Hank Aaron passed away. Um, yes. He, of course, is huge to Georgia. <laughs> I mean, you can't ever have been a baseball fan in Georgia and not know of Hank Aaron. Um, yeah. And then just today, um, Larry King passed away. Yeah, I heard that. So, I mean, oh, that I is really watch sad. Larry King every now and then. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe because of, you know, my age at the time, he was never like, you know, I never watched him regularly. It really depended on who was on. But I mean, for a very long time, you know, you were, it was a big deal if you were going to be on his show. And so if oh, yeah. you watch certain documentaries of people or periods of time, you will inevitably end up seeing a clip from a Larry King <laughs> show, especially if it's really controversial. Um, but for the good part of the, what, maybe late 90s, 2000s, you mm-hmm. couldn't go anywhere without really hearing anything about yeah. Larry King. Um, so yeah, he, of course, um, he con- contracted COVID. Uh, and was put in the hospital 10 days ago and passed away. So again, it's like he's not the first and won't be the last of high profile profile individuals who pass away of COVID. But it's an irritation for me when I think about how a lot of people are still not taking it seriously. When I went to the dealership on Thursday to have them add the additional stuff to my vehicle, um, I was in, you know, like the waiting room area. And I was in a room that had people that did not have masks on. Yeah. And I'm like, what is, oh my, I mean, it's just, it makes my blood boil because it's like, I, you know, now that I know people who have gotten it, who've passed away from it, those types of things, I'm like, you know, and, and in my mind, granted, I'm probably being ignorant, but, you know, I'm th- I, I'm, I was in there, I'm like, you're a Trump person and you're a Trump person, you know, because it's like, yeah. what, what, it, it's a frustration that the people who just take it so lightly are the ones who aren't the ones getting infected or the ones dying from it. Because, I mean, I was so, <laughs> I was so sad, upset that when Trump got it and he seemed to get over it like it was just a cold. Yeah. That only reinforced to his his, opinion, his base. I don't think he actually got it at all, and it was just for propaganda. Still, yeah, I, I don't know. Sure, if it was fake at this point. Well, that's true. I, I, you know, I my my mind never immediately goes to that. Like my husband, he's always thinking on those lines, but I I don't immediately think that. But now that you've posed that, hmm. Yeah, I mean, I hate to think of conspiracies first, but it's just. Yeah. He seems so unhealthy and he got over it so quickly. And it's like, that just doesn't seem right. But I mean, but you got, but then you think about it. He is the president or was the president of the United States. It's true. So he would have gotten the best health care in the world. So, you know, but 
<sighs> anyway, so yes, it's yeah, unfortunate. Would get the best health care in the world. <laughs> okay, yes, you are. You are the you best health care in the United States. Yes, he would, and maybe Elon yeah. Musk would be right behind him. <laughs> Bezos would have like the doctor arrive by Amazon uh, Prime, you know, in twenty four. Dropping him by, by drone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, the reason why I said Bezos is because he was just he's just so damn rich. Yeah. Yeah. He said he's just so what? Damn rich. Oh, well, yeah. And I mean, this also ties back to what you're saying that at some point there's going to be an uprising. Like we've been, you know, I could certainly consider us to be very much like an Amazon generation, but we've been groomed to like, oh, Amazon is wonderful. Kind of like, you know, Walmart back in the day, you know, and it's like, oh, they're giving us all these, these, you know, conveniences. Like yesterday I saw on TV that in some cities, if you have Amazon Prime, you can also have, it comes with Amazon Prime grocery. You can have your groceries in two hours. And I'm like, you know, it's like this brainwashing of, oh, this is great. Despite the fact that they're learning more and more about us I just for me it feels less like Facebook where it's very invasive and you know they're just taking all your information but you know it's like oh but they're giving us stuff we need and but but yeah I think starting to feel very by and large from Wally yes yes it is it is so I, I mean it's it's sad but I do often think about that movie whenever these types of things go on but um but yeah I do think that Amazon will reach a point where there's a day of reckoning you know just leave it up to somebody in Congress to say okay you're too big you need to break yourself up yeah and, and you know pretty I'm pretty sure the United States will become a corporatocracy controlled by Amazon before that happens <laughs> that would be that would be interesting because I mean I know what is it they they can they bring you your medication. I mean, hey, they, I they, hey, they would eradicate the lower class and also the middle class and <laughs> and unite them into a consumer worker. I can yes. see <laughs> Bezos running for president and part of his platform being that if he was elected, he would give us all prime membership. Now people would vote for that shit. People would be. <laughs> If he actually wanted to be president, that would work. But see, then too, Bezos could probably no, if, be one uh, of those you, that just runs that on name recognition him, alone. You would get, like a coupon that would give you like a certain amount off of anything. On yeah. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, Bezos could probably run and not even do any actual, you know, Running. like advertising, marketing, any of that kind of stuff and probably win. It just everybody <laughs> knows Jeff Bezos. You yeah, see his yeah, name on the, the ballot. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's Instead of Jeff Bezos, it just says Amazon. <laughs> yeah, President Amazon. Yes. President. Yeah. <laughs> All right, then. Well, so I guess we've made up for missing last week. And, you know, I, I guess have a really great rest of your week. We should be back next week, right? There's nothing major going on next week. Uh, I don't think so. Next Friday is my mom's birthday. Oh, okay. Y- y'all going out to some sort of buffet? Uh, well, no, because of COVID. But uh, she wants us to pick up Chinese. Oh, okay. All right. So nice and low key. Yep. Cool. All right. Well, everybody have uh, you know, motherfucking fantastic week. 
Or don't, depending on what you feel like. <laughs> but surely they would feel like having a great week. Some people are masculine. That is very true. See, your son knows so much. There you go. Bye. All right. Have a sucky week. I hope you have the suckiest one possible. <laughs> <laughs>